It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. What is going on, guys? Bill Rossetti back with you guys here on another edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast. Actually standing on one of the podiums that the players use for the the media interviews uh, in the morning. So it's actually a pretty neat experience. I feel like I'm talking to to the big crowds. Not not quite like Chase Young, who had uh, quite the big crowd today, but uh, it still feels pretty cool. But uh, today we had running back, or excuse me, we had uh, defensive linemen and linebackers speaking to the media, the running backs. Actually, actually, the time I'm recording this, I just watched the running backs perform the bench press, and there were some impressive moments there, actually. Uh, Scotty Phillips of Mississippi, did the best with 29 reps. Very, very impressive. Uh, a few other running backs put up 20-plus. Uh, Josh Kelly had 23. Uh, a couple others had uh, uh, Michael P. Ryan was up there, and a few others had uh, over 20. But uh, Scotty Phillips was the ended up being the leader in the clubhouse for the uh, the running backs with, uh, with 29. And then there was an offensive lineman out of Florida State, or excuse me, not, not Florida State, uh, Fresno State, pardon me, that actually put up 44 bench press reps, which is the fourth most in combine history, as I'm double-checking uh, his name, Natane Muti, N-E-T-A-N-E. M-U-T-I out of Fresno State put up 44 reps on the bench press today. Very, very impressive. So uh, obviously some some big numbers standing out. You know, again, of course the bench press is a, a very small piece of the puzzle and, you know, it's obviously not a direct success, but it's still pretty uh, always intriguing to kind of see you know, who, who has the strength, at least the upper body strength. And I think I touched on this on a, a previous podcast too, that um, or at least one of the updates, th- that the bench press is, is one of those events that there's the potential that it may not even last much longer. You, who knows what the future of the bench press is uh, here at the Scouting Combine because it's not exactly a direct reflection of uh, you know, football ability, obviously. You're not, you're not out there on the football field uh, bench pressing 225 pounds all the time. But... Um, for the fans, it's nice. You know, the the NFL opened it up to the public now for a couple of years, so it's pretty interest, pretty intriguing, pretty fun to see all the scouts and all the fans actually sitting and uh, and taking it in. But uh, that was so. That was, of course was one of the highlights of today. Then you had, like I said, D line and linebackers talk to the media, and there were some definitely some intriguing stories that um, not just in in general from some of the people that you know have made the waves but even some in particular some of the players that I talked to and one in particular was Kenny Willickus the edge defender out of Michigan State this is a kid that and uh, he did a sit-down conversation with Jordan Reed of the draft network so if you guys want to go check that out kind of goes in depth and that's actually where I got the uh, the basis for some of the questions I asked because I wanted to 
learn a little bit myself about this story. It was a really intriguing one. So Kenny Willekes, um, you know, was homeschooled for a couple of years when he was a kid and, uh, you know, obviously played high school ball, but he received zero Division One scholarships and ended up being a walk-on at Michigan State and actually started at Mike Linebacker. He, was, he told me he was actually running the scout team at the Mike Linebacker for two years. And it wasn't until, and he actually redshirted his, his first year. So he, he comes back and he starts transitioning into, uh, into an, an edge defender. And he said it took him about a year uh, for things to really start to click for him because he, he's actually running effectively two positions at once because he's still doing the Mike Backer for the scout team. So he told me it wasn't until the spring of his redshirt sophomore year when things really started to click for him in terms of uh, playing defensive end, having his hand on the ground, because he talked about uh, that that was a really tough transition for him as well. He obviously wasn't used to playing with his hand on the ground, but now he absolutely loves playing with his hand on the ground. And look, the, the, numbers, the numbers don't lie. He went from... Uh, he went from zero stars to a big star in Michigan State, as it were, because uh, he leaves Michigan State as one, arguably one of the greatest defensive players that Michigan State has seen. And uh, you really saw him. If, if you didn't really know the kid coming out of Michigan State, he definitely opened your eyes at the Senior Bowl, especially at the game, because he, had, he was... He was really flashing in that game too, and um, you know, I said, I said to him, some you know, might see that as his coming out party. He said, you know, and he's right. If you watch his game at Michigan State, the Senior Bowl really wasn't a, a coming out party for him. He 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 sounds very confident in himself. Is basically the bottom line because he's uh, and it, it's not in a cocky way. Obviously, he, he you know he's very humble. He he knows, uh, he knows his beginnings. I mean, again, it's not like this kid was a, a five-star prospect or anything coming out of high school. He had zero offers, and he had, he had zero stars. So he had to, he had to earn his way uh, on, onto the field, and he had to earn his way, again, especially at uh, defensive end. So he has really come into himself in, in a good way, and uh, this is going to be a fascinating process for him, I think. Uh, it, it's going to be intriguing, you know, he... It's not like we're talking about this guy as a uh, as a top player, you know. Obviously, um, and, and the interesting thing too is that, um, I, ironically enough, I'm actually standing at the podium that Chase Young was uh, was was talking from as well. But the podium next to me, podium six, was actually the one that Kenny Willekes was at, and somebody actually asked him about that fact and you know uh, what it means to be standing next to Chase Young, and if there was times that he, uh, he's ever compared himself to Chase Young and he just seems like he's you know he's, he's talking about basically being his own guy he's you know he's not really comparing himself to anyone he's just he's just really being the best that he can be so um, that's one of the nice things about the, the combine too is that you really get a chance to see a lot of or you, or you really get to hear a lot of these incredible stories like Kenny Willekes and you, you get some funny ones too um, 
Kenny talked about how he and his brothers used to fight a lot, like wrestle. And he talked about all the scars he used to get and how his dad used to just stitch them up right away because uh, his dad was a doctor. And he, he was showing all the stitches he has. He, sh- he talked about one that he has on his forehead from when his brother took a log from him. And I guess he was like chasing after his brother trying to get it back. And his brother just chucks the log at him. And now he has a mark on his forehead. He has a big scar on his right hand, like um, kind of leading up to on the bottom of the hand, kind of leading up to the thumb because of a, a pipe scraping him. And, and he's got a couple others that he talked about, too. I think he said he has one on like the back of his head, too. So he has a, a number of them. And um, they definitely sounded uh, very painful. In fact, someone then asked... Uh, is football more or less painful than that was? And he said less. And uh, I, I could imagine why. Listen, I, he showed his hand and even I felt a little uneasy seeing the scar because I, I get kind of queasy sometimes with that. But um, it, it was fun to hear that story. Uh, another one that, that comes to mind from today was uh, Kendall Coleman of Syracuse. Because I asked uh, some of the Penn State players about how Beaver Stadium could help them transition to the NFL. So then I asked Kendall, uh, obviously a similar question, but about the Carrier Dome. And he said it was really hot in the Dome. He said he wouldn't expect that going to Syracuse, New York. And then he also made note the Carrier is actually an air conditioning company. <laughs> and the, the media, the the guys in the media, we were... Uh, we got in an uproar when that happened. It was just hilarious. We, we were just having a good time. Uh, and then he said they are. Pu- he said they are putting in an air conditioning unit next season. I said, yeah, after you leave, right? <laughs> but that—that's the thing about the combine. And then you know, you kind of. I'm sure those. If you're out there listening, you've seen by now the because uh, most of you will hear this on Friday, so you'll have seen by that time the story of. Ross Blacklock, the defensive lineman out of TCU, who found out by the Raiders of all teams that he actually has 37 parking tickets, and he had no idea. That just goes to show you how much the uh, how much the NFL digs into you. The fact that he didn't even know that he had. 37 parking tickets but the Raiders did um, in fact there was a tweet too that said about how Ross Blacklock has 21 former interviews 21 formal interviews excuse me and said he was in this from Nikki Javala I'm not sure if I'm saying that right. I apologize uh, said he prepared for weird questions but when he met with Oak, well, Las Vegas uh, he learned something new about himself the Raiders told me about my 37 parking tickets that I don't know about. That, that to me is the, uh, is the funny. How, how do you not know? How do you not know you have 37 parking tickets? How, how do you even get 37 parking tickets? I think is the, is really the first question. Uh, <laughs> What, is this kid just parking wherever he feels like it? Like, I don't know how you, how you rack up that many parking tickets. And then how do you not know you have that many parking tickets? That, I think, is the, the even funnier part. Is, I mean, 
like I'm, ta- I'm, I'm someone that I'd be, you know, quite upset if I had one parking ticket. So if I somehow ever got 37 parking tickets, um, heaven for- forgive me. <laughs> that, that That's just crazy though. But again, it, that just shows how rigorous this NFL combine process and this draft process really is the these NFL teams you know we we love to bash them with some of the decisions they make blah 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 but you know you can't say they don't they don't do their homework and that's how they that's how these prospects get all these weird questions so again that that's uh that, that's just the, the funny part of the combine now you know to try to put a little bit of a, a panther spin on this are, are any of these players fits for the panthers you know Blacklock could be, you know, as a on the defensive line, you know, Willikis could potentially be because you can never have enough pass rushers, especially with a, a defensive coordinator now like Phil Snow, you know, and the the way he's gonna mix up his defenses. So it'll be interesting if if some of these guys are are options. And also, I'll just talk to um. I talked to Derek Brown, or at least took in his his, uh, his press conference, and um, you know, because certainly Derek Brown, listen, it, it's already getting kind of uh, already sounding like a, a broken record that he could potentially be a Carolina Panther. That he could, uh, you know, we we've already seen countless mock drafts, but you know, Derek Brown just again feels good about himself. He's a uh, He's he's ready to go, and I'm. Listen, like I said, I'm I'm intrigued by the, by the potential of Derek Brown, and. Yeah, I, I, at at this point, I don't know what what more to say, honestly, on on Derek Brown, because I feel like I've already, run him into the ground in terms of, talking about his fit with the, with the, with the Panthers, um. But the, but one more player I'll, I'll touch on too from today, is uh, Javon Kinlaw. You know, look, we we already heard the story from the Senior Bowl of uh, his homelessness. You know, the Combine is definitely a chance to for for more people to learn about the story because obviously there's a lot more people here in Indianapolis than there are in uh, in Mobile. So it's definitely a better chance to to hear Javon Kinlaw's story. But again, it, it's a really great one. If you haven't heard it, of course, he was you know homeless for a while before he before he started playing football and. This kid's just so humble that he never really let it affect him. You know, he uh, he just he just kept grinding. He, he I even remember him talking at the the Senior Bowl about how he he thought his life was normal. You know, he he never the way he was brought up. He he became accustomed that that was the normal way of living. That was his life. He he owned up to it. But now he's you know now he's here and. Look, he, he's obviously going to do very well for himself because I think at this point he's he's got a good chance to probably go and say the top fifteen of the draft. You know, it's depending who you talk to that that gap is probably closing between him and Derek Brown. Obviously, I think Derek Brown is still going to be the the first tackle taken or the first defensive tackle taken, but I don't think it's going to be that long of a wait before Javon Kinlaw goes. So. And again, it's uh, by the time you guys are listening to this, that story is going to be floating around 
so much. If you if you haven't gotten a chance to see the story, I highly recommend you do because it is a, a very fascinating one. It, it's a, it's a really great one. And, and like I said, I'll I'll circle back to what I said earlier. That's the the nice thing. One of the really great things about being here at the combine is having the opportunity to hear a lot of these stories because you know let, let's face it every, every team has a story or every player has a story excuse me um it, it, it's just about finding them and and getting these players to to talk about it rob windsor you know of, of uh, the defensive tackle out of penn state was you know a lot of people asked him about his beginnings you know his hometown because he's actually from wisconsin uh, I think outside of Green Bay, and uh, of course, you know, he came to Penn State, and he he talked about, you know, he talked about how Wisconsin offered him too late, you know, because he was already committed to to Penn State, and he talked about because I, I found this interesting too. I never really knew this that uh, Wisconsin is actually the only school in that state that can actually, which I guess that makes sense. I can't really think of any other. Um, at least football programs, Division One, uh, in the state of Wisconsin. Obviously, basketball. You got uh, a school like Marquette, but uh, f- football. I think is only Wisconsin. So, and he said Wisconsin is the only school in the state that can offer. But um, again, he said Wisconsin offered too late, and he was already committed to Penn State by that time. So that's how he ended up at Penn State. So again, it's it's just those small things that that really make the the combine interesting. Uh, you know, from the for for all these new players, and uh, again, like I said, I'm I'm just very excited to have gotten the chance to 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 be here. Um, this this is actually my last night. I I you know will talk to some of the defensive backs on Friday. You know, don't know if I'm gonna get Jeffrey Okuda because of course everybody is gonna want <laughs> Jeffrey Okuda, but um, you know, I'll try to talk to some of these defensive backs. And then I'm probably going to head out from there. There's, there's a, I, I haven't totally decided yet, but there's a, a pretty good chance, especially since it ends early. Um, there, there's actually only four waves of players talking tomorrow because it's only the defensive backs. Like today was, you know, two different positions. Tomorrow it's only defensive backs. So by 10 o'clock, it, it's all over. At least with the the media availability, it's, uh, it's all over. And so. Uh, you know, it's, it's crazy to think how fast this week went. Um, but, again, I'm just very, very grateful to have gotten the chance to be here in Indianapolis. And I look forward to uh, continuing to look into these players. And eventually we'll, we'll talk about somebody that uh, actually becomes <laughs> a, a Carolina Panther. And I'm excited for that uh, in April. But I just wanted to come on and kind of share... Uh, some of the stories from today, from the from the media interviews, because again, it's a uh, it, it's a fun time. It, it really is, and you know, again, the fact that I'm standing at one of the media podiums is quite quite a thrill as well. So it's it's, it's really fun. But um, I think with that, I'm going to get out of here. Um, appreciate you guys tuning in as always. Remember to follow me on Twitter at Bill underscore Rossetti, and of course, follow the podcast on uh, Apple Podcasts, Google. Uh, Whatever the case may be, we are there. And until next time, keep it locked here on LOP. 
And until next time, take care, my friends, and we'll see you soon. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.